Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hello. Welcome, everyone, to The Distraction. I am Jeremy Lambert, joined by a special guest this week. First introduction. Joseph can wait. First introduction this week. SP3 of True Heel Heat. How you doing, man? I am doing well. I am glad to be here with you guys. The Distraction, one of my favorite weekly destinations. And I am on here during the NBA trade deadline season after an amazing dynamite. And, you know, Fastlane's coming up. But, yeah, all these good things. All these good things. I'm glad to be here with you guys. Fresh off of a Quizzlemania appearance as well. You saw Sean Rossap's dick on that show, from what I hear? Like, yes, he had a dildo equip. I did not realize that it was prop comedy night, but I did bring my <laughs> Thanos Infinity uh, gauntlet. So at least I had a prop. I was I was prepared for that. But the, the hair, he is an expert on wrestler's hair, and that's why he, be, he came out victorious over me. SB3, I know you're used to doing a show with an uneducated Brit and Alex McCarthy, just a, an abhorrent person, but you, you're here with the chubby chief, Joseph Holbert, a, a man who actually knows what he's talking about. So I hope this change of pace doesn't affect you too bad when you got to go back to work in the undercard with McCarthy. You're going to get me heat with the Wrestling Daily community as well as Alex. I I, I wasn't able to mention me. That Alex is my my dream <laughs> Quizzlemania tag team partner. He was upset with me for not mentioning that on the show, so I got to mention it here. But yeah, Al- Alex is 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 knowledgeable, but Joe he's an expert, and he has he has a great Vince hat. He has a great <laughs> fantasy Booker hat to know what Vince is going to do. Joseph Holbert is here. Joseph, how are you? In fear of of paying homage to our favorite wrestler that says TikTok a lot, Jeremy. <laughs> We're about an hour away from justice. Um, Robert O'Neill will return in just under an hour. But first, we have a great guest. We have some tremendous professional wrestling to discuss, don't we, guys? We're really excited. We're all fired up. We had a pre-talk. We couldn't contain ourselves. We're so excited. So um, I'm very well. And also, Jeremy, as you're about to transition to, because I know the format, brother, I'm a professional. I am a scoopster now. Certified. Certified scoopster. Real quickly, JJ sends a super chat, says, hello to my favorite big stars of the day as well. For both of you, welcome, SP3. Britt is proving once again that she is the GOAT. We will get into Britt Baker here shortly. Guys, if you want your question, comment, statement, read on the air, send us a super chat. I mentioned that Joseph is a much smarter man than Alex McCarthy, and the reason being, one of the reasons, there's many reasons, one of the reasons being, nobody saw Randy Orton versus Alexa Bliss coming at WWE Fastlane, start of a new line. Joseph Holbert saw Alexa Bliss and Randy Orton coming. Joseph. Is this this is my time, right? The yeah. floor is mine. Yeah. You know, when you're in this business, 
Jeremy, often will people, people will pretend you don't know what you're talking about. They'll question your professionalism. They see the amount of money you're being paid by other promotions. They think you're out of the WWF game, right? But I love this business, and I know everyone in it, as you well know, Jeremy. You've seen my DMs. They're, they're wild. I predicted this legitimately about two weeks ago. I am correct, and now I have another request to make. Simple request from someone who is what we now call a lapsed fan. That's what the official term is, okay? Um. I understand the situation here, okay? I know that our friend, the Fiend Bray Wyatt, has a return on coming. I understand that this is a mere bridge towards um, literal clown antics. I understand that. That's fine. I accept it. I appreciate it. That's fine. However, can I get, can I get like six minutes <laughs> of an Alexa Bliss Randy Orton match? Can I get like three minutes of limb work? Can I get like a little a cutoff spot, maybe? Can I get Alton working the arm? You know, the bendy arm? Um, and then do what you want with it. I'll just turn off the show. But just give me like, you know what? Give me four minutes, okay? Just four minutes. Some solid professional wrestling to show the boys how to work and get over with those Skype screens out there. Um, and I'll be fine. That's my only request. SV3, your thoughts on Bliss and Orton and really anything from Fastlane. Uh, we're going to zoom through the Fastlane. I mean... If it's a uh, make your opponent spit black goo out of your mouth, I think Alexa should have the advantage and she should be the favorite going in. I mean, this fast lane card is just like putting, putting, throwing stuff at the wall, seeing if it sticks. Uh, they're on their way to WrestleMania and have really kind of ruined the road to WrestleMania with this detour of uh, fast lane. The only thing interesting is Daniel Bryan versus Roman Reigns. Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks are 0-4 as a tag team and are the number one contenders for the WWE Women's Tag Team titles. This whole card is a mess. So, yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to Roman versus Bryan. But other than that... I, I mean, I I love Joe's idea of uh, Randy. Uh, Randy putting on the chin lock on Alexa Bliss, one, would look actually vicious and look aggressive, unlike what it looks like when he versus a, a male. And it, it was sure to get a lot of people upset on Twitter. So I think that is a good thing for the Fastlane card. If it gets people talking on Twitter, WWE considers it a success. So I still think the this match should be the Fiend box. And then Orton pops out and RKO's Orton. This is how you book this match. <laughs> Stop, please. I, we've done enough. Okay, look, here's the deal, okay? I do I want to show some love to our friends in the World Wrestling Federation, which have I have many. Clearly, I have sources, so that's fine. I do want to follow up on sp 3s point. Roman and Brian, which I think we would all agree, full-time guys is the best match you could possibly book, right? Yeah. Maybe in the industry. So there's no complaints about what this match will be bell to bell. Let's talk destination. So I'm a little bit out of the loop as to the angle. I've seen some of the YouTube clips and stuff, but I'm frankly unprofessional. I don't care. So I will ask you guys who one of you has to watch it and has to watch it and the other one just does watch it. So here's the deal. It seems like there's a, there's a story being told with Edge that he is too smart to tell without Brian being involved at WrestleMania. Firstly, I'll, I'll throw this SP3, I guess. Do you agree with that? Do you think Brian is going to be included at WrestleMania? And if so, are we looking at a triple threat? Or are we looking at night one, Edge versus Brian, winner goes to night two? What are we thinking here? That's an interesting scenario, and I would like them to do that. Like, I know a lot of people get, like, 
oh, that's like Wrestle Kingdom. And they don't like the fact that Wrestle Kingdom have kind of had that bridge from night one to night two. But I, I think it's a part of the journey. And I really enjoyed it, especially this year with Abushi versus Naito and then Abushi versus Jay White. It really worked out better than last year, in my opinion. So I would like them to do something like that. Edge and Brian is a dream match. It's two guys that five years ago you would have never thought would be facing each other. So it's a bit, it feels like a WrestleMania match. And to set up the main event for night two, it would just make sense. And it would allow people to want to watch both nights of WrestleMania. So I think that's smart. Do I think WWE is going to be doing that thing? I'm going to I'm going to say something honest here. I don't think WWE does anything very smart. So, no, I don't think they're going to do that. I think that we are most likely getting a triple threat with Brian losing due to Edge coming in the ring and getting involved, going after Roman and then hitting Brian with the spear. And that's the gateway to Brian getting into WrestleMania because this whole this whole thing really it feels like Brian is the MVP and the glue of this whole entire feud. Like we got a good setup for edge and or edge and uh, Roman before elimination chamber. And they've kind of pushed that to, to the side to tell the Daniel Bryan story. So it feels like he is going to be inserted at WrestleMania. And it's for the reason of what I predicted on wrestling daily yesterday. Edge is winning at WrestleMania. Ladies and gentlemen, I know everybody is a big fan of Roman Reigns. I've been a fan of Roman Reigns since the very beginning when people were booing him in Florida after WrestleMania 33 saying delete delete delete. I was saying select select select. <laughs> so I am a Rome I am a Roman knight. I am part of the Roman army. I I love Roman. But I know Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon's favorite button on his control panel is the nostalgia button. And then when he presses that button, a whole new panel opens up and it's redemption tour one last title reign, you put those together, that's Edge. That's Edge. Edge is going to win at WrestleMania, so it makes sense for Brian to be inserted so he could take the fall. Edge wins at WrestleMania, Universal Champion, until Roman wins it back. Joseph, you mentioned the story of Edge. The story of Edge is he's a little bitch in this feud. Yes. All right? He's he's complaining about Daniel Bryan, who was – screwed out of his match at, at elimination chamber he wins and then roman immediately comes out and beats him and edge is just like back of the line pal i don't like edge edge is a dick and he's being a bitch in this thing i hope he loses i hope he gets taken out of the match and we just get brian and roman at wrestlemania just do that let's do it at fast lane let's do it at wrestlemania edge can go well so let him go to honor is real and have his little gritty matches that he loves all right that's okay. what i want hey look hey look this is started as me wanting to do some extended wwe talk to get the heat off of me okay this is not going well both of you are dunking violently this is not what i intended to do now i do have some questions that stand out to me okay so if we take away the the storytelling element of it which it does seem like Edge is not being presented in the most flattering light. Again, that could be intentional. That's fine. He could be like the middle of morality from Roman to Brian. That's fine. Where are you guys at as the shift in perception happens with Edge, which was inevitable because that's just the way this wheel works, right? Guy comes back, he's red hot. He'll kind of get a little tired. He's what he is. I'm, you know, I'm not here to, to dunk on the guy. Is this an indictment of his skill set compared to Daniel Bryan, which if so... There's no shame in that. Daniel Bryan, maybe the greatest wrestler of all time. Or is it a case of like people weren't as into this story as they thought they were, the redemption one, I mean? You know, is this a case of simply they're telling a different story now and that's fine because we're going somewhere else? Or are we should we be concerned about what Edge does after Mania? Because here's the thing. I agree with SP3. I think he's winning the belt. 
I don't know what that looks like once you do that rain. Like, because then what does Edge do? You know, you've almost then ticked the obvious box. And then I'm not doing this to be a part of the All Elite fleet here. I have no clue. No idea what Jeremy's doing. He, he, the grit and the fingernails. Okay, That's what listen, he says, just, stop, just, just stop for a second. Okay? I'm not trying to do an All Elite fleet deal here, but it was obvious that whenever he's done with this business, the, the clear point to go was Christian, right? Like, we all wanted to see Edge and Christian versus the Usos, Edge and Christian versus New Day. But... That's gone. <laughs> I'm interested. Do you guys think this is like concerning for Edge's like next little chapter, or is it just a part of this bigger story? I'm intrigued. SP3, go ahead. I don't think WWE ever had any of those ideas that fans had about Edge and Kirsten reuniting because they would have. That was the thing that they would have put pitched to Christian. But from what Christian has said on all the public statements, they didn't really offer him any type of creative. So they had no idea. They was just like, oh, you're 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 back. Oh, let's find something for you. We would love to have you back. And he's like, well, what's your plan for me? Um uh edge is there we're not sure we want you there but you can also be on raw like they they probably told him like a broad spectrum like we got we got guys on raw for you we got guys on smackdown you've never worked with you would love to be any of those places right so sign this deal right here you know it'll be perfect part-time deal nice and comfy you'll be fine and he realized that they didn't really have a plan that's what i think I think that Edge is going to really look to help out the younger talent, and he wants to have a couple of dream matches. That's why I do like your pitch for Brian and Edge on night one, because I know that's one of the guys he really wants to work with. Mm-hmm. So I can see, you know, I don't think Edge is really on SmackDown as well, because they haven't really indicated that. He was originally on on Raw. He made a decision to verse Roman at WrestleMania, and now he's been on SmackDown, but you could see something like Edge not winning the Universal title and then going to Raw and feuding with people on Monday Night Raw. I just think that the whole story has been very zigged instead of zagged because this whole promo that he started off with before Raw Rumble was he wants to win the title that he never lost. The title he never lost doesn't exist anymore. Or it's a part of the WWE Championship lineage. So the Universal title going after that it doesn't make any sense. Like it's like you totally miss your missing statement and you're going after a title that didn't even exist when you were last here. So I think that's why the whole story and the whole arc is kind of ruined because Edge gave us a mission statement that he hasn't even gone after. It's interesting. I think ironically, there's a lot to take in Brian's kind of fairy tale comeback to wrestling fridge, right? Now it's different because Brian was wrestling a whole lot more. But everyone had mapped out this, like, okay, Miz is going to get the title, you know, hilariously looking back. Brian's going to do this, like, heroic rise back to the WrestleMania stage that he became a king on. He's going to reclaim the throne. Daniel Bryan will do yes. And it's like, in reality, Brian didn't find himself um, drowning by any means. That would be way hyperbolic. But, like, he found himself becoming, like, another guy, just another one of the guys, right? The heel turn was what kind of unlocked Brian to be holy shit, we've got the best wrestler of all time back on the roster. Now, Edge is not the best wrestler of all time, but he's a very, very good professional wrestler. I'm not here to pretend otherwise, okay? For what they want, he's great, okay? He does their thing tremendously. Whether you like that or not, we can debate that all day. But I think this could be a case, and this is, again, I'm not watching the TV as closely as I once did, so I apologise, but I think this could be a case of him realising, I'm a heel, man. 
that's what that character is, you know, like at his heart and his core, he's an opportunistic piece of shit. If this is a route to that, I think he will leave WrestleMania a lot better for it. However, if Roman just wins a great 20-minute match on Sunday and it is, in fact, he's just out of the picture and we then go on with Edge and Roman, it seems like they've lost people. So the real key is which road do you take, so to speak, at, at Fastlane on the road to WrestleMania? <laughs> what do you think, Jeremy? If they go with what you said and this is all the, the layers of an edge heel turn and it's solidifying himself as a heel, I can buy it. I don't think you can tell that story without putting Brian in the, in the triple threat match at WrestleMania, because you can't just do that version of edge against Roman Reigns. Because if you were going to do that, then they should have got done kind of the original idea we'd said where edge is kind of like conquering, coming back, baby face, wants his spot, wants a title. He never lost and everything goes after Roman loses, realizes he needs to have that edge and be a piece of shit. Um, then, so you got to have Brian in that story to have that. Why are we still talking about Fastlane? We're 16 what? minutes of the show. I have more what to talk doing? about. I have more to talk about, Jeremy. I have more to talk about. So on the on the scale of um, of one to, oh, my God, Bruce has got the book and the promotion is dying scale, how concerned are we about um, the legit boss and the EST of WWE's program, which appears – through minimal fault of their own, appears to be like about as dead as a few can be before it's actually started. Are we worried? SP3, are we concerned? Should we throw throw the flag on this? What are we doing here? I am very worried because I, I also do a SmackDown post show over on Sports Keto Wrestling. And I said to Rick after Bianca chose Sasha, this needs to main event night one. And then last week I said, man. I, I that was an awful take by me. Like, like this is not this is, does not feel like a WrestleMania main event at all. Like they had a simple direction to go. Use Reginald as the catalyst to turn Sasha Banks heel. Sasha Banks being heel would make this whole program. Her being cocky, her talking down to Bianca. We got a little bit of that on the backstage segment, but we really have not like gotten the heel Sasha that would make this story resonate with fans and i think that's why it's really lacking but making reginald the centerpiece of this whole entire story injecting them into the wwe women's tag team picture when that whole thing is convoluted on all three brands it's just it's just acting for trouble and this this now feels like a match that's gonna kick off wrestlemania instead of end of wrestlemania card they didn't even need reginald in this feud at all like you don't need them. They, you, you're right. They, the backstage segment was good. And then they did a promo before Reginald and Nia and all of them came out uh, where Sasha was like, you know, it's not your time yet. You're second best. That, that's cool. You, you know, you're the EST and whatever she, the ESTER or, or whatever she said. Like that was good. And she does her little ha 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 heel laugh. I don't think good, but that was, that's what it is. Right. Is that, is that right? That yeah. Heel laugh? That that is that is exactly how so, and you have to you have to randomly just say in a full sentence and then stop in the middle of your sentence. <laughs> and, there you then, go. and then keep going. Yeah, like you, you do the heel laugh that Sean Rossab loves because he doesn't listen to 20 Sasha Banks interviews a day. Um and, and this is it's an easy story. Instead, Reginald's here. Fucking Reginald, get him out of here. Get Fastlane out of here. Are we done? So, no, we're not. Okay, so is it fair to say that a heel turn on Sunday is like, it's almost the only way back yes. out of this hole? 100%. Right? 
Okay, so we're are we done with fast lane? Yes. I was done uh eight, ten minutes ago, Joseph. Would you like me to circle back to the thing, Bray Wyatt, Jeremy? <laughs> Since that is your victory lap, I will give you that. I have nothing to say. I just I know okay, you couldn't yeah. say no to more thing, Bray Wyatt talk. So I, I believe that was my way out. There you go, folks. You can't hate on me anymore. I tried. 20 minutes. Don't have to. Uh, Evan Wright says, three huge stars on the screen. We're about to add a fourth huge star because Molly Bell sends a super chat and says, Edge, Brian, night one sounds great. Just devalues the rumble win, which makes no sense. But it's WWE where nothing makes sense. So let's do it. There you go. It's too long now. For when you have that many hours of TV, you need to get mania like six weeks after the rumble. You know, this isn't 1994 where you're doing one-hour roars and you can, like, just do vignettes for a couple months. By the time Mania comes around, the Rumble is like, you're on two pay-per-views. You know, yeah. it's, it's the, so Molly's 100% right, but, I mean, at this point, as she says, it's a lost cause. They all were worrying about that. Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker main-evented AEW Dynamite last night in a lights-out match. I have seen takes that this is the greatest women's match of all time. I have seen takes that this is the most important women's match of all time i've not seen many takes that said this match was just okay i mean i'm sure they're out there but it seems like this match is universally loved i thought it was great i thought both women busted their ass for this and it really showcased that the aw women's division is better than wwe's women's division right now yeah is that hot i don't know uh joseph thoughts what are you trying to do to our mentions, Jeremy? Please. I don't know, man. I'm fired up today. O'Neal's coming back. You made me sit in the negotiation room with five hours for this man over the weekend. I I hate it, Joseph. I hate what Dude. you did to me this weekend with the O'Neal negotiations. Dude, I'm legit. I told Jeremy before we started the show. He's like, after this show, three days offline. And he's like, no, you're not. You're going to get into wars with WWF fans. Okay, fine. Fine, Jeremy. I'll just talk about AEW. I don't want to compare because people get very upset. This was, it's too soon to talk about the importance of it, I think, because I think that story will be better told down the line. However, the fact that that topic even comes up does speak to how big the match felt, right? Like, the fact that that's even a thing with, like, kind of pondering, how will this be remembered? I think my my first kind of, um, I have a collection of thoughts. My first one is, like, just good for those for those two and for the division, I think for so long they've been used as like a you know a, a kind of a wall blocking people off from their AEW interest, and that's fine. Everyone can like what they want, but for so long it was like yeah, but the women's division, right? You know, the women never deserved to be dunked on. Some of them were inexperienced. Some of them just didn't get the time they needed. But they kind of, you know, they made a lot of mistakes, and I think they've made some this year. Even we've had a laid out tournament. I don't think it's perfect, but anyways. But in ring, bell to bell quality in twenty twenty one. It's really hard to be critical of what AEW have done with the women. And this match was one of the most significant matches in Dynamite history. It's probably a top five in that category. I think then you go individually and it's like, okay, Rip Baker has gone from being a kind of like, you can see that the the, the, uh, the pieces are in play, but you don't quite, he hasn't clicked for you, to being like, wow, is there a more complete woman's wrestler in the game? She's in that group, right? She's in the upper echelon. She's tremendous. She just she carries herself like a star. She works her work has got so physical. Thunder Rosa really kicked that into overdrive. She made her even more aggressive. It's been great. And then for Thunder Rosa, it's just like man, what a what a show of kind of uh, of confidence. What a vote of like credit that she's the one they go to to say you need to be in our first woman's main event on Dynamite. You need to go over in that match. Now we all understand what's going on here. There's you know there's kind of 
you're positioning yourself for other things with Thunder Rose, right? She's not under contract and you want her to be. So I get, I understand that, but that was significant within both women's careers. I think on that particular night, last night, Britt came across like one of the biggest stars in wrestling today. You know what I'm saying? Came across like, I'm not saying her Google Trends are as good or any of that shit. I'm just saying, you watch that show, you say, this, she was badass in that match. It was star making. It was Alton Cactus Jack. It was awesome. Great match. I'm happy for both of them. I just hope we build on this because if we do, AEW Edge is closer to being much more complete than they were six months ago, a year ago, which is big. Yeah. I I love this matchup. Uh, Britt and and Thunder Rosa are probably my two favorite women in all of wrestling. And yes, I'm a huge Sasha Banks fan, huge Bianca Belair fan. I love Bailey, but Britt Baker, like, you know, Roman Reigns is an interesting story in wrestling history. Like Roman always had the talent to be the top guy. He just needed the character to kind of catch up and the two meet. And now we're finally here, but that took like five, six years. Britt Baker, it took, Five months. It took six months for her to realize that I'm not working as a babyface. They've rejected me as a babyface. What do I do? I embrace a heel act. And whether it was her and her, you know, segments with Tony Schiavone, her bringing Reba in, she has become the most complete package in all of women's wrestling. Like she could talk. She has a tremendous character. She's got the facial expressions. She's got the body language. And this was her star-making moment. This was her star-making performance. But Thunder Rosa, like, my God. Like, when you look at Thunder Rosa in the ring, and not even including last night's match, when you look at her in the ring, and then you remember that this is Cobra Moon for from Lucha Underground, it's like night and day. It's like, how is this the same person? Because she has improved so so vastly in every single way everything she does feels real there is no one more chris in women's wrestling today than thunder rosa she makes everything feel physical and that's why this rivalry has felt like the most important women's rivalry in aew history but honestly i think that 10 years from now yes we might look at it as one of the most important women's rivalries in all of wrestling because in my eyes in the past two decades the most important women's rivalry is not bailey versus sasha it's not sasha versus charlotte becky versus charlotte it's gail kim versus awesome Kong, because they put women's wrestling at a level that made it a main event segment in impact wrestling which Almost seven years later, eventually, WWE embraced that and was like, you know what? Women can actually be presented like men. Like, whoa, this is this is amazing. You know, you got Ronda Rousey and MMA. TNA did it like seven, eight years ago. Let's do it now. So I think that made Awesome Kong and Gail Kim very important because how it impacted the professional wrestling landscape the way it did. And I think that we could see the same thing happening with Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker. There have been physical, hardcore type of matches in WWE before. You know, Becky and Charlotte in their last woman standing match was great. Trish and Victoria at Survivor Series 2002. But you never got like the 80s old school feeling you never had a woman's match that made you cringe and made you be like these ladies are going through stuff i wouldn't even imagine putting myself through and that's why this 
matchup and this rivalry will be looked at and looked at as probably the most significant women's matchup on American television in professional wrestling history. I think the follow-up, Joseph mentioned this, the follow-up will will certainly be important. Um, I'll come back to that and praise Britt Baker for a second. When she signed with AEW and she was just like clean baby face, face of the division, could never have imagined her doing a match like this. Just never thought it was possible. And when she got her nose busted against Sheeta, that was kind of a moment where like, all right, there, there's something to Britt Baker here where she can get, she can get gritty uh, yeah. in, in the, the words of Edge. We're going to throw that word around all that. Because apparently if you just use this word a bunch of times, you get the main event of WrestleMania. It doesn't matter what else you please, do. Stop, please. <laughs> uh like that showed she can do that uh thunder rosa like you kind of always see that in her she does mma fights you know like what's falling off a ladder and stuff to her it's fine baker going out of her way to do the stuff she did last night the thumbtack spot look i cringed at the thumbtack spot i ain't throwing myself on thumbtacks anytime soon as in never so the fact that she would do that is so much credit to her the getting busted open the way she did her facial expressions were so so good in that too so many iconic just photos off of that absolutely tremendous match i definitely think we'll look back at this and be like this was the this was the the turning point the highlight the peak of the AEW women's division where it's like all right you can't say anything bad about this division now because this turned it all around and from here on out it has been great but that is that's the point i'm going to here is They've got to follow up with this and they've got to follow up with the actual title because the, the knock has still been, they've been nothing with Sheeta through this whole thing. She's faced tournament winner and she's faced, Oh, you want a four way you get a match against Sheeta. There's been no substantial storyline for Sheeta this whole time. They showed her watching backstage for this. I imagine the thing is, is like this didn't count in wins and losses. So the technically does Thunder Rosa get a title shot or anything. I would imagine she's going to face Rosa or Britt coming off of this. And you've got to have a story to go with that. They do that. And there's not many flaws in AEW. You might have stuff that you don't like and everything, but you can't point out like, oh, they don't treat the women well. Because last night's show, they're treating the women just fine. I think, you know, you mentioned Sheeta was watching, right? And they also showed Jade. You know, I think it's pretty transparent that in an ideal world, in two years' time, everyone kind of sees them four women as, like, the core pieces, you know? If you look at what each of them provides, something different. And and Jade is worth mentioning here, too, because there's just – they've got something in her, they've got a project in her that is, like, genuinely unique, you know? I mean, she's a she's a a um, a star, and that's a thrown away term. I know I've already done it in this show, but she is someone who, if someone never watched wrestling, they would see her and be like, "What?" You know, that's <laughs> she's not built like the rest of their women. It's different. I think they're ready to accelerate with her too. So, th- th- I think that it bodes well. Everything's going good. I think, you know, it's when we do what we do. Right? I know that people get tired of the AW stuff because they just think we're bull, and we are. I get paid every week. But like, I got I, I have to stress this again, and I've said it before. I'm going to say it again. It is incredible how alive Dynamite feels. I'm watching none of these shows live anymore, right? Okay, the sleeping pattern is back to normal human times here. I turn my phone off for Dynamite because I know there is a chance something crazy is going to happen. You know, like there's a feeling, there's an energy, an electricity that at any given moment some crazy shit could go down. 
Now, we kind of knew that this match was going to be epic because, the, you know, that word had gone out there. So I was ready for this to go. But it's just, this, match, this show had no fans, right? This was a time of the tape shows. Yeah. So it's just the boys around the... It's like watching it, it just feels so, you know, the, the energy is so raw. And I think one of the biggest things about this, and it gets laughed at, and I understand why, this is where they can truly be an alternative in, like, a way that actually kind of, um, uh, you know, fits the appetite for fans. What's the appetite of fans is, like, this level of violence is different, you know? Like, yeah. you joke about blood and guts. Dude, this was blood and guts. Like, this is, like, visceral. This is the shit that, as sad as it sounds, this is the shit I like. There's blood everywhere. People are punching each other. It's gritty. It's nasty. There's a, there's a spike to it. That's the road. It isn't about coming a deathmatch promotion. It's about having that raw, organic intensity that, frankly, WWE just can't have. They're not. They're not at that point in their, you know, development. They've, they've been around for sixty years. Is what it is. They're not going to do that. Everything they do is very nicely produced and neat, bro. You, that's this is the way people like this shit. Still, it's clear. You just need the story to match with it, which these two women had. So I think, as significant as it was for the women, I don't want to take anything away from them. I think it was another. Big moment for AEW is they build a 2021 that even though I think we all agreed the pay-per-view was like, it was fine, it was good. TV, the Dynamite in 2021 has been incredible, in my opinion. I think it's been the best show by a distance. So, I, you know, in fear of just being full positivity here and waving a flag, I've, I continue to be impressed, man. This show, it has a life to it that is truly unique. There you go. And, like, think about it, like, last year, they were on a similar run before Revolution and after Revolution until the pandemic started. Like, they're they're totally different from everything else in professional wrestling because everything else is using piped-in noises. You got Dexter Loomis chants on NXT. I like, I'm like, I know no human being is chanting Dexter Loomis that loud. Like, what are y'all doing? Like, that's fake. Like, you are, you are totally taking me out of this show. And that's a good show as well, but you're totally taking me out of it because you have that fake piped in noise and for other ones it works like impact wrestling that's been a stark improvement the piped in noise from complete quiet but nothing is like having actual people create an atmosphere and an environment for the performers and you could tell the performers kind of feed off of that even someone you know minor like a mizunami you you could tell she had so much joy being out there against nyla rose on dynamite because she was actually in front of fans for the first time since this whole pandemic started and something interesting that jeremy reminded me of and it was something that i wanted to note is that AEW made it a, a purpose and they intentionally did this of sa- keep saying that this is the first ever lights out match on Dynamite. They never mentioned this is the first ever women's main event. They were like, we, we know you could see that, but we're not going to say that. And that's something totally different from WWE. WWE literally has to hit you over the e- head with what they're trying to accomplish and say, this is the first time ever we have woman main eventing Dynamite. Like, I remember them doing that with Raw. I remember them doing that with SmackDown. I remember them doing that with NXT. Dynamite never mentioned that. And another thing that fans haven't mentioned is that, you know, you mentioned uh, Jay Jeremy. We had two women's matches on Dynamite. No one has seemed to mention that on uh, on Twitter. And that was like one of the top complaints about why they only have one women's match. They never care about the women enough to have more than one match. Then they have two women's matches on the show. No one mentions it. They're like, hey, you know, 
hey, I'm going to find something else to complain about. This match wasn't for the AEW Women's Championship. Sheeta is just watching the match. So you're devaluing the title. Like, you know, there are the stands out there that find a reason to complain about this. But I think us, we can all agree. This is something that deserves praise. And especially Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker sacrificing themselves, bleeding, and just having that 80s type of old school blow off come as you are like i wish they would have came out in street clothes that would have even added to to my rating for this matchup but this is like an iconic matchup and like you said uh joe aew dynamite has legit given us like tv match of the year like every single month we had ray phoenix versus kenny omega in january we had ray versus lance archer in february and now we got Britt and rosa in march it's like every month we get a five-star match. We get a cool angle. We didn't even talk about the elite stuff on Dynamite. Like, there is so much going on and so much things for people to get into on this show. I don't. I can't see anyone saying any other show is as good as Dynamite right now. You know, Jeremy, I, I thought I hated WWE Twitter, but I guess today it's fired up. <laughs> You've taught me. I, this, is, this is tremendous. I'm the WWE guy on this thing. We should do this more often, guys. I um I look, I agree. I, I mean it's it's important to know, at least from my perspective. I I am not good at like looking at these things kind of scientifically and being like this segment was good. All I can tell you is this is the show that's most to my taste. So I am definitely aware of the issues it has. I don't know why Cody beat Penta, for example. You know, stuff like that I roll my eyes at. I, there's a lot of stuff I roll my eyes at, frankly. But when it's on, it's it's something, man. And every week, there's there's a little something there to get. Now, I do want to talk about the elite thing because it's interesting, right? I mean, the Bucks, they've stayed tied to the Good Brothers, but in the last month, because of the MJF feud, they kind of separated them slightly, right? It wasn't as much of an ongoing thing. This solved that. Now, what do we think we're going to here? Are we going to a Mox and the Young Bucks versus the Good Brothers and Kenny match, which I thought kind of hinted at with the visuals because Eddie's, you know, they took out Eddie with the, uh, the chair gimmick. Where do we think the destination is? Are we going to a Good Brothers Young Bucks program for the AEW belts? Jeremy, I know I cut you off earlier, so what do you think? What do you got? First off, you mentioned the energy of Dynamite. This is a taped show last night, right. and I didn't think it was going to have like this kind of energy. I know people talked about the the Brit and, and Rosa match and hyped it up, but like for these taped shows, taped shows I always feel like it's not going to be quite the same as the live shows because it, it rarely is. But like this one felt every bit as live as the live shows. Um, and that's a credit to just the production and, and what they put on. Uh, as far as the elite stuff, you've been very high on this Bucks Good Brothers thing. Uh, you thought it was going to happen a rebellion, right? Like, Re- oh, no, you thought Moxley, you thought Moxley. Oh, yeah. Oh, you, yeah. Think, yeah you thought Moxley and uh, Kingston was going to happen a rebellion against the Good Brothers. But then the Good Brothers dropped the titles to Finn Juice, and now we're getting that at rebellion. Uh, I think they are going to do bucks and good brothers i don't know if they can stretch it until double or nothing Mm. but and i don't even know if i'd even advise that because that's a long time uh but i think we're gonna get that at some point i kind of think we're building towards a moxley and eddie tag title win am i i mean you still gotta give you still gotta give Pac and uh phoenix their shot but i kind of think we're building towards a moxley eddie tag title win to that point with Eddie, everyone always, and I understand why we all go to this fan, this kind of like fairy tale moment of him winning the big one, right? I think if you tell the story correctly and you position it right and present it right, 
winning the tag title. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply could almost be a more powerful storytelling tool because the guy that he betrayed to try and win the big one, teaming up with him and him doing it the right way, so to speak, and redeeming himself alongside John Moxley, that could be powerful. And, you know, we often roll our eyes at singles guys teaming up winning tag titles. I think some of the greatest tag matches ever are effectively two singles guys on both sides. I don't think it has to be guys with names and matching gear and all that bullshit. You know, it is what you are. At the end of the day, if you've got chemistry and the act works, it works. This Moxley-Kingston thing is like, I mean, I don't want to overstate it because it's obviously I'm biased. It's my, two of my favourite guys, but it's transformative level shit, man. Like, it's like, it's one of the few acts in wrestling that I think if someone didn't watch AEW and watch their, like, promo before this match, should be like, oh, yeah, these guys, I understand these guys, you know? I love that there's, like, a real contrast between them, but they have this electric chemistry that brings it together. I love that in ring, they don't overlap much in the sense that Kingston is just, like, a, a master of selling and psychology. And, you know, Moxley at his best is a wild man. It's just great. And, you know, people are missing out when they just kind of pair them and like, oh, yeah, those the indie guys, they, they do blood and stuff. No, man, these things are very different, and that's why it works. I'm, I'm with you, Jeremy. I think Eddie winning the big one and actually being the tag title with John Moxley, that sounds wonderful, man. What do you think, SP3? Yeah, I think it would make a a total amount of sense. Like, even them going after the Impact Tag Team titles, I was all for. I think I talked to you about it on Twitter, Joe, with saying that Eddie was always around the Impact World Title, uh, Impact Tag Team titles, whether he's teaming up with James Storm, whether he's leading LAX back to the tag team titles. That was kind of his thing in Impact Wrestling. So I wouldn't have mind Moxley and Eddie taking the titles off of the Good Brothers. But, like, I came out of that segment just – wanting to see all these great matches like you you kind of all said all of them mox and the young bucks versus kenny and the good brothers uh young bucks versus eddie and moxley young bucks versus the good brothers like for all the faults and there have been faults with the young bucks's character i think this was Mm -hmm. the best presentation of them as characters they finally showed a backbone they finally realized that don Callis is basically playing a game to replace them with the good brothers and they're kind of seeing through the facade that we all saw saw through from the very beginning so it makes us reconnect with the young bucks and that connection has kind of been broken since the lead up to full gear when they did that 
I guess you call it a fall uh, right. open. Like, I don't know what they did, but it kind of ruined the connection that they had with the fans. But they are kind. I think they can get it back together now with this angle going on. But I think double or nothing, it, it is going to be the Good Brothers versus the Young Bucks. I think it's going to be probably Impact World Tag Team Champion world tag team champions versus aew world tag team champions but uh i think eddie and moxley are going to be the next aew world tag team champions whether whoever comes out of that matchup eddie and moxley need to be the guy that beat them i think there's a real chance that you know we've got so i think we've got 10 tvs from now till double or nothing and i think there's a real good chance that the good brothers get these belts on tv and the reason I say that is, look, I, you know, we don't have to play games here. Rich Swan isn't beating Kenny Omega, right? So Kenny's going to have those belts. I think, you know, as much as we all laugh about, oh, this guy's taking advantage of that guy and Don doesn't know what he's doing, Tony, all this nonsense. I think there's something to be said for there being a trade-off of sorts where they say, okay, you know, the Good Brothers just did this favor for us here. We'll put the belts on them. You know, it's not a complete trade-off, but it's something, right? And then the Good Brothers would effectively be your bridge to the Moxley Kenny title with Moxley um, Eddie title win that we just mentioned, you know. So I could see something like that where that's your double and nothing match because then, of course, Mox and Eddie just beat these guys. So you have that reason to get there. Personally, I would like to see that. I thought their match this week was was perfect if that's where you're going because it was very much like kind of one of those old school TV matches where it's like part match, part angle, right? You leave a lot on the table. So I, I mean, that would make a lot of sense, you know. I think. With Impact, obviously, they're benefiting. We know why they're benefiting. We don't have to get into that again. But it would be fun for them to get a little, you know, a little bit of uh, love on the, on the Good Brothers side, who have been on TV now legitimately consistently for, like, three and a half months straight up. <laughs> so it would make sense. Like, I know that they don't need them because they've got 18 million tag teams. But still, it's, there's a lot more at play here than just, like, booking in your own mind, you know, like we are here. There's <laughs> a lot more at play. There's a lot of different stuff going on. Even if they don't need them, like you said, they've been on television the, this whole time and they've been tied to Omega this whole time and Omega's been the champion right. for the majority of it too so like they're clearly positioned high on the card and Impact does need something in this trade-off yeah. because we Omega's probably winning you just put the the tag titles on Finn Juice like, Impact's gotta get gotta get one up somewhere yeah. and you've started the story where Don painted Eddie as the self-destructive loser yeah. So Eddie beating yeah. the Good Brothers for the tag titles would be like a cool kind of, you know, sticking it to Don turn. Don could sell on uh, rings. I, I think it makes a lot of sense. But the thing is, you know, I have booked the Young Bucks to lose these tag titles approximately 15 times now, and they've still yet to lose the tag titles. So I should probably rein myself in. I'm getting a bit carried away. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's, it's fun to talk about. Like, we, we did a whole conversation last week about long-term booking and stuff, and I understand a lot of people just kind of like rolled their eyes, you know, what these losers are talking about. I hope conversations like this make people understand what I mean. This is not me talking university for anyone. It's just, I love this about wrestling. You know, I love us plotting shit that will actually never happen and gets lost in a tire. All of these ideas are just gone now forever. <laughs> they just get lost when they don't happen. But I, I love talking about them, you know, because then when one hits, like Perrin Mox and Eddie did, um, it really does have some gravity for me. But anyway, this, this was fun to talk about. Jeremy, the National Basketball Association. Let me catch up on Super Chats, Joseph. Uh, Evan Wright says, Jeremy is right. Raw and SmackDown uh, divisions suck now. Yes, agreed. Uh, Hope Sid is looking after the GOAT Brit. 
sure they're getting shots up back in the gym as always getting those shots up um what else do we got here my god a lot of super chats appreciate all you guys yes. uh sending in super chats for this show love to see it i am so far behind and i apologize i don't i don't like interrupting the show with more super chats uh adam cole got arrested to avoid watching his wife go through that level of brutality absolutely amazing match somewhere uh nick and funk were smiling plus adam cole uh, wwe wanted rosa as a ref a ref joseph couldn't do a forward roll, you know? <laughs> Couldn't do it. Listen, man, if she'd have done a couple European indies, they'd have been fucking yeah. living in there, you know? Here's what it is. Bag of tax should have been teeth. That would have been cool, actually. That would have been dope. <laughs> <laughs> Give me uh, Brit and or Thunder Rosa versus Bailey or Sasha. The match could uh, – this could be endless. Uh, I guess dream matches. They're back. Yeah. Um, Brian Morey says, on the money with Kim versus Kong. There you go. And I agree. Like, that – People won't give impact to do on that, but they, no. I mean, Gail Kim will. I mean, Gail Kim interview, she'll be like, we, we, did, we did it first. Um, uh, Music of Moonsault says, now put the belt on Brits already. Joseph said this many times, like, yeah. she doesn't need the belt to be, like, that kind of focal character. And that's kind of improving over the past year. It's probably top of the belt, I know that. It is, it is time, though. <laughs> yeah, like, like Cheetah, Cheetah is, is a good champion, but like like we've all said, they haven't created a story for her, and we know they will with Brit. But they've been kind of setting, uh, sowing the seeds a little bit on commentary, keep mentioning that Cheetah broke Brit's nose. So I think that's where they're going, and that's why they made this an unsanctioned match, so it didn't count yeah. against Brit's record. Uh, Evan Wright says white suit mob boss Sheeta rules. By the way, I like the look, but again, like give her something to do. Uh, Evan Wright also says Can- Candice LeRae watched that main event and smiled wide. Uh, yes, Candice LeRae would probably kill to be in that spot right now. <laughs> what? <laughs> Uh, throwback said this match was a throwback pun intended to the attitude era um, with the hardcore division Foley versus Taker Hell in a Cell just brutal tough as nails match and God Evan Wright uh, Mox will help uh, Eddie bring bring gold home to Ruthie and <laughs> Evan Wright also give me Mox and Eddie versus uh, God promo battles please I'm not like super high on God's listen man. Tamer's got some flame, but he don't want that. Yeah, <laughs> that's different, no, that's a different like, level of shit. I, I'm yeah. with it. That should be cool. Like, they're, they're best. I've always thought this. Um, here we go for our random Grillers of Destiny talk of 50 minutes into the podcast. <laughs> but ironically, their shit to me is always better in America. Like, I yeah. liked their, their stuff with the Briscoes. I think they're actually a better fit there than they are. I wrote like in the promotion, they've won 25 times taking counts. So I think they'd do great against them too. But like promos. I don't know. That's a tough, Tem, a tough matchup. Tim is good at like train of thought kind of, and he gets himself in trouble uh, sometimes if you yes. watch the, those Twitch streams. Um, yeah. But he, like, he's good at like that, but like actually like crafting things like there, there's different levels with, with Eddie and Moxley. Like Eddie and Moxley are already the best babyface tag team in professional wrestling. Like yeah. they had two promos, one match. They're already the best babyface tag team. And literally, I just gave this crown to MSK after TakeOver <laughs> Vengeance Day, but they've been off TV for the past three weeks. So it's it's Eddie and Moxley's crown to claim now. Eddie yeah. is spitting 50 cent bars in his promo. Like, using a fitty line against the machine gun Carl Anderson is fucking insane. Like, what, Eddie, chill, man. There's no need for it. <laughs> But you know we we don't talk about Eddie Kingston enough on this show, so I do. I'm glad you brought him up. So many. I'm gonna go on a rant here, okay? Because I've done. I don't watch professional wrestling anymore. Do you know how many people in this industry now, this business, they 
pack the the last like closing stretch of their match, okay? And legitimately, the pre-break portion of their wrestling match is just nothing. They're just doing shit to get to the break. They do picture in picture. They don't even care to do it. They don't, you know, just sit there in a hole. Like, go back. It's a, it's a nothing TV match. So this is why it proves my point. Go back and watch Eddie Kingston forcing the Good Brothers to actually get heat on him. Yeah, I love the Good Brothers. Machine Gun Carl Anderson is a Twitter ally of mine. Okay, I love them. I do. But they are generally pretty content. They're going to grab a hold. They're going to brother some. Okay, Eddie Kingston was biting these men. He was cutting Gallows off in the middle of his heat because he lives in the moment. Please, to all of the professional wrestlers watch this show, and I know there's many of them. Good Lord, there is, Jeremy, right? Randy, you too. We need more of living in the moment. Your match shouldn't look like a delay to get to the shit you want to do. You're in that moment. It's a fight. Fight back. Show me fight as a baby face. Live with it. Sell. Don't just sell because that's what we do as wrestlers. We're supposed to gra- I grab my leg now because I'm a fresh wrestler. Really live, breathe, and die this shit, you know? Feel it. That was a big thing I took from, from that little match. And, if, and then, to their credit, Britain and Thunder Rosa did that. How many times in transition was Thunder Rosa just punching Britain in the leg or something, you know? It's a fight. It, isn't, it shouldn't just be your, your layout done in front of us. But nonetheless, I sound like an old man, so I'll stop that. Uh, throwback has a super chat one women's feud uh, people forget because of the era it was Lita versus Trish as his attitude era a lot of women's wrestlers say that watching them influence do people forget about Lita versus Trish deep cut deep cut yeah, yeah. Uh, the NBA the trade deadline is is next week SV3 you're a Lakers fan you're 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 already you got the banner then you get Dennis Schroeder in the offseason you get Montrez Harrell like you, you have a good offseason and now, I mean, injuries, injuries have caught up. Like Anthony Davis is hurt. LeBron, not really coasting, but he, he's some nights he's like, eh, it ain't, it ain't that important. Schroeder's been hurt. Anything for the Lakers? Are you excited about Andre Drummond on the buyout market? I, I just don't see us being able to, to retrieve him. Like, I think that he's more likely and he would fit better on the Clippers I hate to say that because there are sworn enemies, but he just fits better on that team. So I could definitely see him going there. And of course, the Nets are buying out or buying every single contract that's out there and creating this amazing super team. But it feels more like the 2004 Lakers to me than than it does like the 2017 Golden State Warriors like they're just grabbing a whole bunch of guys like Blake Griffin was great two years ago but I don't know about now uh James Harden is great in the regular season but I don't know about him in the playoffs Kyrie is great when he's on the court but I don't know if he's gonna be on the court and KD you know I, I think he's the most reliable of them for the Nets. But as far as the Lakers, it's been an injured, an injury-filled year for us. I'm more concerned on the buyout market for a, an Otto Porter Jr. Like, as we, if we can get some scoring to, you know, help out and help, you know, fill in the gaps until guys come back. You know, I, I think AD needs to come back. If we don't have a chance of even winning a playoff season, a series without AD, but Kuzma has really been the difference maker for me since these injuries has come down. He's finally feels like he's t- being assertive out there and really taking his spot. He was supposed to be the third best player when we first got AD. And then he just slowly but surely kind of went down that ladder chain. And now he's coming back up due to these injuries. Now, as long as we got Kuzma 
and Schroeder, I think we're fine for the regular season along with LeBron. But definitely by the time the playoffs start, we need AD. So I don't, I really don't want to see him come back until maybe like the last five games of the season to kind of get him playoff ready. But he needs to just sit on the side because this was inevitable with AD. We knew how he was with New Orleans, the wear and tear when you go through a whole playoff series like we did last year. And then you only have a 70-day off season. They screwed us from the very beginning. Yes, I'm going on a rant now. Conspiracy we, against the Lakers. Yes, oh, no. it's a conspiracy. Literally, they don't want us to repeat because they know every time we win one championship, we win it the next year. They are trying to blatantly stop us from back to back. This is a parody conspiracy against the Lakers. Okay, um, as the as the guy that's supposed to team with an actual gripe that inexplicably didn't have game cancel this year and their two best players got COVID safety precautions from a fucking barber at the All-Star game, I'll now step in. Um, guys, I'm here to reiterate my point that I've now been making for four months. Uh, the Sixers actually good. Still not sure if this is real or not. Like, it seems like they're good. They have been tremendous since the All-Star break ended and they have not had their guys. You know, we had the Embiid lineups that killed. Simmons, you know, it's different. Without Embiid, it's very difficult for us scoring. The Knicks, you know, the Knicks are a good defensive team. They look like they were like, like the best team in the league against us for three quarters. So, it's, you know, but sometimes these games where you don't have your, your best player, kind of like they, re- they kind of reinforce your confidence in the team. That's what I think the last, like, what week has it been? A little bit more, 10 days for the Sixers um, has been. I'm very cautious as to like what you do here, because I think they're actually playing with real rhythm and balance and making a big move. It's, it's risks that, you know, but I've said it before. I'll say it again, I genuinely do trust the process with Daryl Morey at the helm. I think he actually has a clue what he's doing, which was not the case with everyone uh, beforehand. So I, I'm actually, I'm in a good place with my, my Sixers fan. That's why I don't talk about it much here. Cause I like it. I only talk about stuff. I don't like Jeremy, you know, Jeremy, where these picks coming from, my friend? Where they go? Where they coming in? Anywhere. From? We're taking on anti Semites, you know. Bring them on, racists. If if you want to come on our team, throw in a second round pick. That's Whatever. so good. Second, a second, pure, and it was clearly that too, right? It was yeah. tremendous. Like he ain't playing a single game in a Thunder jersey, so he's it was there for contract purposes. Sam Presti just collecting. It's like thirty four second or draft picks overall over the next seven years, like. That's all we're doing. We're collecting picks. You got the Al Horford shirt on, Joseph. I see it. I do. I, do. I don't know where he's going. He's going somewhere, though. Al Horford's going to get moved. George Hill's going to get moved. We're going to have more picks out of this. We're fine. Shea's turning into a star right before our eyes. This team's great. Oh. I- I'm happy. This you the, look happy. This is the least stressful season <laughs> ever had. It's like, you know, nothing to worry about. Where's the draft picks coming from? That's my biggest right. concern. Where's so, the second rounder coming from? Who's going to cough it up? I got a question for you. So is the goal gate Cade Cunningham in the offseason? I mean, yeah. Like if we can, like we have Houston's pick, but it's top four protected, unfortunately, because that would be a really nice unprotected pick right now. Yeah. Uh, so we need to lose some more games and that's why we're going to just keep making it like that was almost a purpose of like the Diallo trade is like yeah. Diallo wasn't a long-term plan. Uh, and if you trade him now, like it's probably going to help you lose games more this season to try to get that, that first overall pick. Like we get Kate Cunningham paired with Shea. We're already back in business next season. Yeah. 
I love my trades. I love it. They, oh, no, Sam no. Presti is me in 2K. I fire up 2K. It's like, all right, who can we start trading? How can we start collecting assets? What are we doing here? Uh, throwback says uh, 18 NBA titles for the Celtics beat LA. And then he says Celtics are the most steady team this far. It's steady at 500. Uh, and what is Belichick doing with all these? We're not talking about NFL. Get out of here, throwback. Um, <laughs> do, we, do we think there is like an actual big move here? Like, do we think Beal is going anywhere? Do we think Lowry is going anywhere? Is there an actual big move out there? Uh, I don't see Beal moving. I I could see him moving in the off season because I think he he has one more year on his uh on his deal after this season, I believe. So I could see them kind of trying to make a, a Daryl Morey <laughs> or a Sam Presti type of move, excuse me, and uh, trying to get some draft picks in exchange for Bradley Beal. So at least you get something. Because I don't think he's going to re-sign with Washington at, when he becomes a free agent. So it only makes sense for this offseason for them to do it. But I would like to see him finish out the year with them and get his scoring title. Because I think if he goes to a contender, he's going to lose that. Yeah, I don't I don't expect anything blockbuster. But I do have a question. Um, so I've said on this show before, I think it's a lot. Like, I think Lakers-Nets is the final. I think the Nets are the ultimate case of a team that, like, when it's done we will all be confirmation biased to, to the utmost. It will be like, if they go out in the first round and it all collapses, Curry doesn't show up for games, Harden doesn't, like, you know, all this stuff happens. Just imagine. It's not, but just imagine. Every person will be like, of course it didn't work. Three guys that all want the ball. You know, it's that deal. But if they win the championship and sweep everyone, we're all going to go, of course it worked. Three of the best ISO scorers ever. Like, and then one of those things, I think personally, like, look, and I'm a Sixers fan, so it doesn't help. It doesn't, not nice to say. I think they're just clearly winning next. I really do. Unfortunately. So my question SP3 is, is who in the West do you fear most? And then beyond that, thoughts on a Nets matchup. I know you just, you said earlier, you look at them more as like a, the old, you know, 04 Lakers, where it's kind of guys, look at, you know, ring hunting. But who in the West do you fear most? Um, of course, there's, there's the Clippers. I think that they're going to come back and they're going to really with the goal to at least face us in the, in the playoffs. So I know they're out there, but honestly, I fear the Nuggets the most, and they've been very inconsistent in in the regular season. But when it comes to the playoffs, the one team that has looked the best in the playoffs on the West side to me is the Nuggets. You got like Blazers might do something when they get there, but Nuggets have proven it doesn't matter where they are seed wise, they can pull it out and pull it out of nowhere. Jamal Murray will become a 25, 30-point scorer in the playoffs. Jo- uh, jo- Jokic is going to be you know, eligible for a triple-double every single game out there. And I just don't see the Clippers. If the Clippers meet them in the playoffs, I just don't see them getting past them because their roster, is, not, in my opinion, is not better than what it was last year. And I feel like Michael Porter Jr. is better for the Nuggets. I feel like Jamal Murray is more confident, so he's better. They got, they, uh, you know, don't let them put in the six-man god, uh, Bull Bull. Because if Bull <laughs> Bull gets playing time, then, then man, they, they the Clippers don't have the size for Bull Bull and Jokic. You put Bull Bull at power forward, it's a wrap. So, yeah, that's the team I fear the most. But, I, I mean, I'm a Lakers. No respect for the Jazz. The, jazz, the best team in the league, I think. 
So I gotta make, they have the best record in the league. I got to make another comparison. The Jazz just feel like the Atlanta Hawks to me. Every year the Atlanta Hawks were the number one seed in the East, and you knew they were going to lose to LeBron or to, or to a lower seed. You knew it was going to happen, and that's how I feel about the Jazz. Like Donovan Mitchell Man. honestly needs to get more mentioned as an MVP candidate, and he really isn't. I think Rudy, Rudy Gobert is going to be in the top five in Defensive Player of the Year. But when it comes to the playoffs – I fear Donovan Mitchell. I don't feel fear the Jazz. Hmm. I think the Nuggets are a big. You know, you asked Jeremy like the the big move. The Nuggets feel like the maybe the best candidate for such a move, right? You know, you have Gary Harris' big old contract, and you try and throw some assets around it. I mean, Cole Larry would be, and again, Jeremy knows. I I would like Cole Larry in Philly, but I think he'd make a lot of sense on the Nuggets, to be honest. You know, and and. Obviously, you have Jokic playmaking. I understand that, but it further kind of simplifies what Jamal Murray's got to do out there. Which, which you know, maybe is a bad thing. I don't. I don't watch them enough to know. Um, but I think they're a candidate for the big move. To be honest, because you do look at them and you think, man, the West, the West isn't open because you've got LeBron's Lakers. But like, there's a chance for them to be two there. You know, like like we said, I think there's something to be said for that. But it's going to be interesting. We'll, we'll see how it goes. SB3, we appreciate you joining us. O'Neal is messaging me saying, what is going on? You know, you cut. I'm here on time and you're going over. He's already mad. I'm going to have to give up more in contract negotiations next time. SB3, thank you again for joining us. Where can the people find you? Uh, they can find me on Twitter at TrueHeelSP3. Go ahead and subscribe to the YouTube channel, True Heel Heat. We got daily content over there. I got my interview with Georgia Smith up, the daughter of the British Bulldog. And we'll be going live Saturday morning, 10 a.m. Eastern time with True Heel Heat. One seventeen. I almost got the number wrong. One seventeen uh, with Rick Uchino of Sports Kita Wrestling. So check us out and check out Wrestling Daily always weekly 3 p.m. Eastern time on the Wrestling Daily YouTube channel. Tell Alex McCarthy we don't say anything because I would just like to ignore him permanently. Uh, SV3 is going to be back with us on Twitch at 4.30. We're going to be watching uh, the Monday Nitro after Uncensored 97. So we'll be doing a watch along for that and just, you know, talk with the chat like we do on Twitch. So he's going to be with us for that. Again, thank you again for joining us. Everyone go follow him. Great man. Enjoyed having you on. Welcome back anytime, buddy. Thanks for having me. Peace, guys. All right, Joseph. I'm so pumped, man. You know, I'm so fired up. Like, I, I've been talking to my friends all week, you know, shoot friends that are not in this business, and they just, they're all like, is he back? Is he back? When when the press release came out, I directed it to all of them. It's like, you know, the prodigal son has returned. Big Shot Bob is back. He's sitting in the corner. He's locked and loaded, ready to shoot that thing. Let's fire away, Jeremy. Let's fire away. Let's go. Here we go. Robert O'Neill's corner three is back. History hey guys, it's uh, me. Definitely not Sean Rossap. It is uh, absolutely Robert O'Neill, as stipulated by Joe Holbert, as to um, stay on this show. I am as enthusiastic as Robert O'Neill possibly could be, which is. Just, just the the mecca. Of course, uh, I won't be reviewing apps because that's something that Sean Ross Sapp would do. Instead, I am reviewing things in my office that looks exactly like Sean Ross Sapp's. Because for a year or so, me and all my friends on Twitter 
were so obsessed with Sean Ross Sapp that we just recreated his office uh, basically to spend our time masturbating in. So uh, let's review some items in this office. Um, there is a bowl of um, roast. It doesn't look that great, but it's actually very juicy. It is delicious. Um, I, I was eating some of it before I started this review. I, Robert O'Neill. Um, this is a prescription for nasal spray. It's very good with my asthma, <clears throat> my allergy-induced asthma. I would say that it is, I, I, would, I would review that positively uh, for sure. Here are some LOD spike pads from a Jack Pacific figure. Now the paint has worn off and some of the spikes have, have come off. So I'm not going to give this a good review. I think it's really bad. To show my solidarity with SRS, I had coasters made with his name on it. Because again, me and my friends were just so worried about his takes on wrestling that we, we just felt it was necessary to do this and throw darts at also, again, to masturbate furiously on. Uh, I have an 8K camera that I'm not going to use for sure, um, but it's got a really big battery on the back. Versatile camera. Uh, but, yeah, that, that's something that, that I rather enjoy. Uh, as much as I like this Minute made, I think it's like 10, 10 calorie or something like that, fruit drink. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a drink right now. Just so you can see, I'm not working you. It's probably my favorite beverage that doesn't have caffeine in it. So I'm going to have to go ahead and say that that's a good review. There's also Jack Link's Beef Jerky. This is not as good as other dried canned jerkies, but you know what? Whatever. Manscaped, of course you want to use that code Fightful. This is ball toner, and you just got to make sure that your balls are toned, and you want to do that with the code Fightful. Um, guys, that's my time. And because I'm a professional who always hits his time, I'm out. This has been Robert O'Neill. That has been Robert O'Neill's Corner 3. There you go, Joseph. He's back. You're welcome. That was him. Do I look like a joke to you, Jeremy Lambert? Because I am legitimately a guy who showed up today and I opted to do like 20 minutes of WWE talk as a professional. I that actually forced you. That was your fault. I was trying to set a new standard, okay? That's what I was trying to do as a professional. Okay? Now, look, I don't blame Sean Ross that because, I mean, frankly, we spoke a little bit off air and I, I, I knew what was going on a week ago and I assume you've done the same here, which is a, is a real shame. It really is. But where do we go from here, Jeremy? Because I'm no fool. That was not Robert O'Neill. Joseph, what you, that was Robert O'Neill's face. That was, that was Sean Ross Sapp. That was Robert O'Neill's dry delivery where he doesn't actually provide anything insightful. That was no. Robert O'Neill. No, no, no. I, listen, okay? I may be a fool in, in many areas, but there's one thing I know. It's Robert O'Neill's beautiful face, okay? You simply put a still image of O'Neill, one that I share myself and you probably took from my Twitter, over the top of Sean Rossap's, his voice, a video of him talking. At one point, he leant over and he came on the camera. He took a drink, Jeremy. What do you think I am, an idiot? To show that it was real. To show that it was him. He did the opposite. You know that. You watched it with me. We were both on, We were both in the studio watching. 
Okay, now look, I am free. I'm tired. I don't want to be a parody on myself. Okay, so I'm not here. I'm not going to get angry. I'm not going to punch myself in the head and do a blade job. Okay, what I'm going to say is this isn't as funny as you think it is. And I've I've stood by Neil's side through worse. When the crew got him, I was still there. Okay, when the when the Mecca turned last night, when he said that he liked AEW, I was still there. And frankly, and I didn't want to say this on air, but I'm going to. Robert only has mouths to feed. Okay, Jeremy Lambert. Oh. And I promised him I would take him to the promised land. This show did that. It did it for me. That's why I live in this mansion now. And I wanted to go O'Neill in the same place. Okay? Chelsea. Jeremy, Jeremy, hang on a second. Okay? I seldom do this. You know me, I never cut people off. But now I'm going to, okay? I made a promise to that man, one brother to another, okay? One brother to another. And now here I am being made a fool of on my own show. Frankly, this doesn't work for me, pal. Plans may have changed, but my plans certainly haven't. So before you give your answer and, oh, it was Robert, I'm not an idiot, okay? My contract says what it says, and I'm a professional, okay? I've already agreed to do Twitch. I've already agreed to do next week's show. This is simple, though. If Robert O'Neill is not here, 4 p.m. Eastern time next week, or slightly delayed when we get to one about fast lane and push it back a little bit. I'm actually done because this this is now out of hand. It's one thing to just do one off and everyone laughs. Like Joe got angry. He's like Tully Blanchard. That's great. This is too far. Now you're actually just poking fun at me and you're making a four mil my own show. I don't appreciate that. Joseph, do you know what I went through with Robert O'Neill with these negotiations over the weekend? He's over. What do you want from me? 25 hours. 25 hours of negotiating with this man. I, I wasted a, literally an entire day and then some. On the week, I'm supposed to have weekends off. I spent my weekend talking to Robert O'Neill. I tried to concede on a lot of things, Joseph. You know how badly I want to keep you around. I tried to concede on a lot of things. Here's my problem with O'Neill. He just cares about the money. I'm not about that, Joseph. You know I need people who love this business. O'Neill's just like, I need this. I need that. I need the red Skittles. No, I need the blue Skittles. He, he wants all, he's making all these demands. I need to make sure I have the Goldberg pyro. Don't give me the explosions you tried to use last week. I need the actual Goldberg pyro. Can you get the rights to Brock Lesnar's theme song? I said, no, O'Neill, I can't do that. Do you know how much that costs from WWE? He's like, I don't care. If you want me and if you want to keep Joseph, that's what you need. I said, O'Neill, I can't do all of this. I, 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 can't, I only have so much power. I have a lot of power, Joseph. I don't have that kind of power. I, I got sick of it. Look, I, I completely got sick. I'm not going to lie. O'Neill, not here this week because I, I smacked him in the face. I took the contract he had and all the arrangements. I smacked him in the, over the head with it, Joseph. Knocked him out. And you know what I did, Joseph? You know what I did? After I knocked him out and he's laying there, he's laying there. Here's what I did to him, Joseph. Let me set this up for everybody. I hit him with the psychosis leg drop, Joseph. I got on top of the desk and I said, psychosis leg drop on him, Joseph. That's what I did to that man. That's what I did. Now look. He's no longer here. He's no longer here, Joseph. I don't know what you want me to do. He's going to need to be here next week because regardless of what leg drop you did, I'm firm in my position here. Yes, O'Neill could be slightly more modest. I'll give you that. He's, you know, he's tough. The draft night we did famously wanted six figures for a one-off. It's, it's difficult. I understand that. 
But that's not my job. I'm here for creativity, not for the, the financials of the whole thing. You've got to figure it out, man. You've got to figure it out because the people love him, him. You talk to him. You're so adamant that you want him. You talk to him. I'm not, I haven't got the purse strings, brother. You know, I'm just, I'm talent. I'm not creative. You know that. I'm not on the, I'm not, a, I'm not head booker of this thing. You are. So look, I, whatever you got to do, cut my pay. Okay. There's enough of it. Cut my pay. Give some to O'Neill, but I know what the chat wants. I know what I want. We don't care about the politics. You got a week. One more week. I'll be generous. One more week. I have to spend another. Joseph, I have to watch NWA on Sunday. I have to watch Fastlane on Sunday. Here's an idea. Here's an idea. Get O'Neill over, like Paul White and TK, and watch it together. Negotiate in the ad break. How's that? I cannot think of worse things than watching wrestling and then watching wrestling with Robert O'Neill. Well, even the NWA back for the attack? That sounds like the worst weekend of my life, Joseph. Well, a lot of people would, would cut their arm off to have such a weekend. So you need to look at your priorities here, Jeremy, to be frank. I have agreed to watch WCW Nitro, and frankly, it would be unfair to SP3 to let him down. But um, I don't know where we go from here, because you, you seem like you don't want the guy back. And everyone loves Robert O'Neill. Do you not get it? Like He's our most over character. How are you going to cut the man's push lights? He was two weeks into the thing. He's got mouths to feed, Jeremy. This is bigger than us. I will talk to him once again this weekend. We, we will watch Billy's pay-per-view extravaganza. We will watch Vince's pay-per-view extravaganza. I'll see what I can do. I can't make promises. What? One more thing. What? And, uh, and this is important. Because you've let me down this week, next week I don't just want O'Neill. You're going to meet with him this weekend, right? I want O'Neill in a new fancy hat. Brand new. One I have not seen before on O'Neill's head. That's what I want next week, okay? Just O'Neill, we're fine. I'll continue. Now you're fight. making demands. Yeah, I am. Because this, you've made a fool of me and everyone's laughing, okay? Look, my friends are already poking fun. They're texting me as we do this thing, okay? So, I will stay on the show if it's just O'Neill. No hat, just the grin and the bad mic, Okay. But if you want me to be as committed as I am right now, because clearly I'm locked in, need a new hat, okay? Because to be fair, you made a fool of me, but let's be honest, using that image for three straight minutes, that was pretty personal. There was no need for that on a, pub, a major platform like this. So there's a little request on my part, but first, just do the thing, do the right thing, do what these people want, bring O'Neill back. Robert O'Neill, after you wake up, from getting hit with the contract and getting hit with the psychosis guillotine leg drop. Please visit me at the distraction offices this weekend. We will watch stupid wrestling and we'll try to hash this out because I cannot lose Joseph. I've said this many times. I can't lose them. I'm not doing a show with anybody else. I can't do a show with anybody else. I, I'm, I'm trying to be vulnerable here, Joseph. You see this. You know I can't lose you. I will talk to O'Neill. I'll try to work it out. He's off the rails with these with these demands. You're no now you're BS. making demands. No more BS, Jeremy. No more BS. That's all I got to say. I mean, it says everything you need to know. And also, outwork everyone. Everyone, we'll be back on the Twitch at four thirty. SP three is going to join us. We're going to watch WCW Nitro. We'll be back next week. Robert O'Neill's Corner 3. 
He'll be back. He'll have a new hat. I'm going to get this done. I'm going to get this done for you, Joseph. For you, for this show, for us, for this business. I'm going to get this done. It's going to be a long weekend, though, Joseph. And I might I might be burned out. This is your job, man. You're the point guard, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, well, I'm DeAndre Jordan, and that's Mike Griffin. You know how well that ended? Change history, Jeremy. Make this thing better. That's all I'm asking. Thank you, Frank. We appreciate you. Guys, we'll be on Twitch at 4.30. We will see everybody then. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.